Tech is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersections of technology and ministry. It is part of the podcast network sponsored by Wells, the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Our show today is hosted by Martin Spriggs and Sally Draper. Welcome back to Wells Tech, everybody. This is episode 713, that's 713, and we're recording on November 30th. That's a Thursday in the year 2023. My name is Martin Spriggs, and this is a show about technology and ministry, and of course, where those two intersect. That's what we talk about here. And uh, to have that conversation, we need more than uh, just little old me. So we've got a few more people to have a conversation about technology and ministry. And one of those people, familiar face, Sally Draper. Hello, Sally. Hi, Martin. I, I waved at you. My hand kind of jumped out of the wall. It's kind of weird the way <laughs> these backgrounds work. Um, happy to be joining you this morning. It's a sunny day in North Mankato, Minnesota at the Technology Crossroads. And we are also joined today by our wonderful, creative, verbose, uh, classroom <laughs> technology correspondent. Take your pick, and, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we welcome you both. That would be uh, Jason Schmidt and Rachel Feld. Uh, hi, Rachel. Happy to have you. Hey, happy to be here. Uh, Jason, I will take wonderful if you want to take the creative and verbose. Verbose, yeah, I'm thinking. I, yep, I, I am on board with that. I, verbose is definitely the best way to describe me, even though, like, I, I think that there could be. Yeah, okay, thank you for picking up on the joke. I appreciate that. <laughs> Here That's, we are, uh, is, almost Is December. that a strength finders thing, verbose? Oh, maybe so. Um, you know, I, I'll go back and I'll look at my profile. I'm or sure something it's in there like somewhere. it. Yes, yeah, I'm, it's in there somewhere. Loquacious, something like that. Yes. Yeah, maybe it fits under woo. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Good to have both of you. Thanks for being here. Um, and uh, when these two get together with us, uh, Sally and uh, myself, we talk about educational technology or things related to that landscape. And we've been uh, beginning uh, a journey through a book uh, entitled a The AI Classroom subtitled The Ultimate Guide to Artificial Intelligence in Education. I guess we'll be the judge of that, but so far, so good. It's, it's been um, actually a nice walk through, a good introduction to it, especially if you're not familiar with it. And I think everybody's in a different place when it comes to where AI fits in their daily life, uh, in their professional life. And this is just kind of a good systematic approach to where does it fit in the educational landscape. So looking forward to continuing that conversation today. Yeah, I think everybody's in a different place as to where AI fits since yesterday, probably, because yeah, right? it's like drinking from a fire hose. There's an explosion of AI. So I really appreciate the book helping us be focused. And we can thank uh, Rachel Feld for this book find. Rachel and a group of MLC profs uh, reviewed it this summer, and um, she thought it would be a great thing for us to discuss. We're on chapters four and five, which really focus on pedagogy. Um, so where should we get started, guys? 
probably with chapters four and five. Okay. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should maybe start with the the boxes that were being explained because I hear Jason doesn't get it at all and Martin gets it completely. So this sh- this might be fun. Oh goodness, Rachel! Way to just start by throwing me under the bus. I, you know, I was I wanted to ease into that, but uh, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I really, I no, but I, to be perfectly honest, like I, you know, I, I read through that part of the three boxes, and I, I had to go over it like at least four or five times, and I still wasn't completely clear, like why boxes. That's I think that's what I get hung up on. All right, um, so yeah, Martin, you, let's you explain the metaphor a, to Jason. The, um, yes, please, I because I. <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry. I just don't get it. I like boxes. So this fits right in with, you know, this is right in my, uh, my sweet spot. So, uh, it's called the three box solution by VJ Govind Darajan. I probably butchered his name states that organizations should visualize three boxes. So Jason, they're not three real boxes. Maybe that that'd be helpful for you. They're, they're paradoxical. Um, but the three boxes represent um, three different places a teacher or an educator could be living. Um, so one is the current educational system, the way the status quo, the way they've they've always thought about technology, the way they've always thought about teaching, about pedagogy. Box two, they let go of, if you're in box two, now you let go of the old values. And I'm just reading right off of their fancy little chart here. They let go of the old values and practice that practices that fuel the current system, but fail the new. So they're kind of in this in-between place. So they're open. Uh, they're looking ahead and behind, but they're just not quite on board. And then finally, of course, the, the third box uh, create a future that serves the needs of learners and the world. So I think if I had to put myself in a box, I'd probably be in box two. Um, but I think the reality is you're probably moving across these throughout, you know, maybe different responsibilities that you have and different opportunities that you have too. So I think the point is get out of box one. Uh, because that is not going to move uh, the needle forward as you consider different technologies like AI, because it's a totally different way of thinking about things. Um, but the way my impression is it's very difficult to go from box one to box three without kind of assessing where things are. And I think that's kind of what we're doing with this book. We're just kind of sitting here thinking, yeah, there's there's cool stuff there's there's helpful stuff there's maybe transformational stuff but how that fits in i think that's kind of that question mark that that puts you kind of in the middle at least that's where i'm at so okay i don't know if that's well, helpful I, but that that's kind yeah, of uh, I, the way i think of these it it that that helps me martin but I, you know, I still, so I think maybe, I think maybe where my problem comes in is like, not necessarily like, I, I think the, the box metaphor really falls short for me. Um, like I, you know, I, well, you know, on the one hand, like I, I get where, I get where we're coming from, where the author's coming from. Like, you know, we have to, 
um, like we we have the current state. You know, we like we use we use a we use a, a protocol like current state to ideal state, right? So like mm-hmm. our ideal state is like this is the way things are, and we've got you know all of these different um, all of these different tools available, and you know we've got a we've got to tear it down and then build it back up again, right? Um, but like the the reality of the situation is like if we if we were to do that we'd have absolute chaos and uh, like it just like we can't it's just not it's just not possible for us to tear the whole thing down and then rebuild it in a new image right so you know like i i struggle with that metaphor of like you know you're in this box but then you're in this box but then you're in this box and really like the reality of it is like we're moving back and forth between all of those different boxes based on the things that we're working mm-hmm. on at that at that time right yeah. so you know like yeah, we do have to rethink some things and we do have to figure out some of these like strategies that go along with these new tools. But at the same time, like there are a lot of things in our current system that actually work really well um, that, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of a, kind of a thing. That's just kind of, I think that's probably where I'm struggling that and like, you know, I don't think inside the box. So like I get in there and I'm just stuck. So <laughs> you are an outside the box person. So yes, right. boxes yeah. are that bad. That is on my strengths finder, right. Martin. Yes. <laughs> boxes are you bad. Know, what struck me about the whole thing, I think, is that everything is on this continuum. And right now it's AI that we're focused on, but there's going to be something else that comes up beyond AI that's going to take us away from getting all the way to box three with AI or whatever. Um, they had towards the end of the chapter, a list of eight daily questions of an AI educator, starting with, can AI create this for me all the way through? Am I using AI in a way that it promotes collaboration, critical thinking, and problem-solving skills among my students? That's a huge continuum. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what we can see is that there's a continuum here that we're going to progress as we learn more and know more about AI. And we want to go forward, obviously, and we want our students to have those skills to get them where they need to be in the workforce when they get there. And there's going to be new things at that yep. point. <laughs> it's just always yeah, think, that way. I think it's a mindset, you know, rather than a box, maybe think of it as, you know, a state of mind, a, a way that you're thinking about things. And the way box one was described, and that's kind of made it clearer to me is that, you know, if you're in that, if you're at that point where you've got that mindset, you're just kind of tweaking, optimizing the current system. And when you're thinking about, I think the point of the book is when you think about AI, it's very difficult to kind of grasp what it can do and where what its place might be for your students, especially in an AI world, um, if you're just trying to work within the current, um, you know, the current mindset, the, the that optimizing mentality. Um, it was, I was watching a podcast the other day, we'll let, we'll let Rachel chime in here too, but uh, let me just make one more point. I, I was watching a podcast about uh, developers, uh, and a point they were trying to make related to AI is that AI is not going to take the place of, of a developer, but a developer will be challenged to live in a world where they're not using it as part and parcel to to their to their work. So if they're ignoring that it exists, that will be a differentiator between that and one um, who does or doesn't. So I, I think 
that's kind of how I think of this too. There are opportunities here and almost requirements for you know, a person like this in this field. And, and maybe the same can be said as from an educator perspective, that if you if you don't have it in your bag of tricks, it's not part and parcel to to the experience, then um, yeah, it's going to be a challenge. Rachel, what do you think? Um, I think one of the things that stood out to me the most was um, on the page, page 46 in the book right after the, um, the three box metaphor was that as an education system as a whole, according to the book, we've failed to dedicate any meaningful time to box three activities. And you said it very well, Jason, you're an outside the box thinker. And I would say that most people who are really invested in educational technology kind of probably have to be outside the box thinkers. And um, so it, it can be hard for us outside the box people to think inside the box, just as it's hard for inside the box people to think outside the box. Um, and it also made me think of uh, Ken Robinson's changing education paradigms uh, TED Talk. If um, you haven't, we should link to that in the show. That's actually really that. funny. That's part of my pick. So yeah, carry on. <laughs> okay. Keep, keep so going. I'll keep let going, you Rachel. Talk. Thanks for reviewing the notes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look at them at all. I'm a terrible person. But, you know, the our education system um, has was built a long time ago for a very different society, a very different world. And um, as kind of you're right that it would be mass chaos if we throw everything out and try and like start again. Like that's not, and we can't do that. Um, but if we don't think about doing it, we'll just keep getting stuck. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the definition of insanity, right? You know, if you want, if you want different results, like you're, it's doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Right. You know, with like, I, and I don't, I don't, um, I don't contest the fact that we need to do things differently. Um, but I think there, there needs to be like, we can't just throw caution to the wind either. Like, you know, we really, we really got to be thoughtful and intentional about those changes that we're making and what's going to be the most impactful. And AI is definitely one of those tools. Um, but, you know, we, we really, we really need to be thoughtful about the way that we, um, that we, proceed with things. And I think, you know, these kinds of conversations are exactly the way that we do that, right? You know, we've got to talk through those, the implications or like, you know, the the eight questions that, that Sally shared just a little bit ago, like that's, you know, those are, we need some sort of a framework to be able to consider the different things that are going to be going on um, and that we're, that we're working our way through or thinking about um, so that we can make those incremental changes that are going to move the needle and have the, have the impact that we want. Isn't being an educator really kind of asking and answering the question is what we're doing with, is what my students are, what my students learning relevant to where they, you know, the workforce. Now, and this is not to say that a big part of a Christian educator's, you know, responsibility is, is raising faithful disciples. Obviously, uh, you want them to to know their Savior. That you know, let's let's just make that an assumption. 
but you almost have to kind of look five years, 10 years ahead and say, these are the tools that that student, now then an adult in the workforce, will need to, to know, be comfortable, or uh, techniques, um, things they'll need to, to bring to the table. Not that you can teach AI that it'll be anywhere close to what it is today, tomorrow, you know, as we mentioned, but the ability to adopt or adapt to these these technologies in the workforce and be comfortable, be comfortable doing it. Right? Does that make sense? It kind does. Of relevance, and I think relevance seekers. Right? Yeah, that's why I know in my not super long uh, tenure in education, um, we've seen a big switch in how technology is taught to students it you know we went from when I was in high school the follow this workbook and learn how to use Microsoft Word um, to now it's well here are all these tools let's teach you to collaborate and problem solve and be creative um, no matter what the tool is because 10-15 years ago you could say pretty pretty reliably yeah microsoft word um off the office suite those kind of things that's that's where it's at um and i don't know that we can confidently say that anymore um and i i think we also have to remember that there we've got teachers who have been teaching for a very long time and are really good teachers but just don't have a grasp on those new technology tools. So how how do we help help them? Um, and I too look at how do the the undergrads that we've got at MLC, how can they help me understand how those technology tools are used in their education, in their life, so that we are preparing. So it, you know, it's a little the target seems to be moving faster than it maybe was 10, 15 years ago, uh, which makes teaching all that more difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a yeah, continuum. I, I view, uh, I'm sorry, Jason. Um, no, go ahead, Martin. There, I think getting back to the three boxes, you almost, I view it as a, as a continuum. You know, so when you look at AI, the the further you are to the left or at the beginning, you know, the starting line, you're thinking of AI as, you know, just a, a you know, a chat GPT tool that'll help me write a lesson plan versus, you know, the finish line where it's kind of integrated into, you know, the, the, the uh, you know, what a student is and how they think and how they adopt new technology and what it can do in that, in that whole educational space, not just as a Microsoft Word can help you write a document or Excel can help you crunch numbers. And I think that's what Rachel's point was too. It's not just a technology as a tool thing, as a little helper. Uh, it's, it's, maybe a fuller, there's more crevices and cracks and, you know, it's more immersive than that. And maybe, I think that's maybe part of the book here too, right? Go ahead, J Jason, I interrupted you. Oh, no, 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 that's okay. Um, because I don't think what I was going to say was as relevant as what you were going to say anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's the, it, you know, we have, it seems, and I know we, I, I don't, I don't remember when, when I've said this, if it's been on the podcast or just in our discussions for preparations or anything, but, you know, we're, 
it seems like we kind of have these same kinds of conversations about every five or 10 years or so, like something comes along that's going to just absolutely disrupt the way that we teach and the way that um, that students learn, right? You know, right now it's AI, but you know, 10 years ago, it was the iPad. 10 years before that, it was, you know, calculators. I mean, you know, Web, so, yeah. you know, it just seems like, it seems like Chromebooks. we have these conversations on, you know, about every, about every decade or so, right? You know, something comes along that's just going to absolutely disrupt the way that we do things. Um, and we keep on coming back to the same kinds of things, right? You know, it's not about the tool, but what does the tool enable you to do that you could not do before? Um, you know, and that's one of the things I think that's uh, like a real a real strong point of this book and the discussion that we're having around it is just the like the um, the way that it kind of challenges you to put that like put aside the tool, but what does the tool do and how does that enable us and free us up to do some of those other things, you know, releasing that cognitive load of like building a lesson plan. I can just tell AI, you know, I can go to classroom.ai and just say, you know, build this lesson plan for me and it'll build the lesson plan. And now, and now my, my load doesn't go into creating that content, but actually in reviewing it and vetting it and making sure that it's, um, that it's done the way that it, that we want it to. And I think that really ties into a lot of the, the discussion and the, um, and the, uh, the content in chapter five, right. Um, you know, it talks about like that, Ped, ped, how would we even pronounce that? Ped I gaji, ped AI gaji. Okay, I don't know, goji, but yeah, whatever. So hey, we're making up words all over the place. It's fine. It's fine. We got boxes. We got words. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. Just stuff I just, up, right? yeah, you know, I, it's 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 all abstract. I'm I'm thinking that like you know we just put this into Dolly, right? And it just it, it illustrated this for us. Um, but you know, I think that's I think that's really that's really where we've got to push the conversation is it's not necessarily about chat GPT or BART or, you know, Claude or whatever it is that you're using, but how are you leveraging those tools into that, into that framework? Offset. That was an opening. That was an opening for somebody else because <laughs> I felt like I was talking a lot. I think it was Sally, Sally, you've been unusually quiet. You got to make sense of this for us. <laughs> Good luck with that. Um, I personally thought the best part of the chapter was not the boxes. It was at the end of the chapter where there was a spotlight on a guy yeah. named Nicholas Cole, who's an I like author. That too. Yeah. And uh, he uh, answered some questions about where he sees AI transforming and things like that. And I thought he was pretty insightful. And I do think it kind of ties together what you guys are talking about, because what I got from it was that we would we need to teach our students skills so that they don't they aren't just doers they're thinkers um you know his point was um we're not competing against other humans or technology but you're achieving your highest role as a human being to create with your mind that was how he described the think part and you know even using the ai tools they're only as good as what you put into them how you prompt them and how you build a conversation around them or build whatever you're building um so it it takes brain power and that's where the focus needs to be and i don't think any educator would argue against you know more thinking skills more problem solving more collaboration that that fits right in line with everything we've heard throughout the 21st century in education and so um 
doers instead of thinkers. That's what I'm taking away from this part of the book. Yeah, we use the term, we throw around the term knowledge workers. Um, We have for for quite a while. And I think these kinds of tools give that uh, kind of almost a new meaning. So it's not just working with knowledge, but it's thinking about, uh, it's writing appropriate prompts. It's looking at the data and getting the most out of the the tools that you can versus just understanding the tools or being somebody that sits in front of a computer and doesn't uh, dig a ditch. Um, you know, so I think that's probably the point of this chapter. I think that's the point that the author was trying to make too, that uh, uh, this, this thinking role is going to be more of a premium. So if you're, if you're graduating thinkers, then yeah, that's, that's going to, serve them well as they work, as they get into the workforce, because they're going to be asked to do that. That's how they would differentiate themselves. And that's where the jobs are going to be. That's one of the things we've tried to kind of emphasize, especially when like worrying about our um, pre-service teachers using AI to write all their lesson plans, like Jason was saying, Mm -hmm. Um, it can do the doing of writing a lesson plan. But the thinking part of, okay, I have this lesson plan, but I have this set of students with these unique needs and this unique background, and how do I make that relevant and how does it meet their needs? Um, So I I think that that thinking versus doing um, really helps to, can help to show how we can use it in our classrooms. Um, Because whenever there's a, a, a doing part, that, yeah, it's important to be able to do, but AI can also do it just fine. How can we how can we take that and make it into a thinking exercise, which really, you're absolutely right. That's what we want our kids to be able to do is to think. Yeah, one one interesting question in the in the interview that you you suggested we take a look at, Sally was, educate fill in the blank educated educational leaders need to and he said stop preparing students for a world that doesn't exist anymore which i think is what you were saying too rachel that's easier said than done that's one sentence answer but uh but how do you do that interesting yeah and so hope, perhaps oh go ahead Sally. i'm sorry just the wrap up um really harkens back to what jason was saying he says if chat gpt is cheating then so is google and if google is cheating then so are giant libraries that house millions of words of text and if libraries are Mm. cheating then so is learning and if learning is cheating then dot 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 every new technology has prompted this same argument the sky is falling but it never turns out to be true it simply lowers the barrier to entry and in the end creates more opportunity and abundance than before it existed I knew you'd put a bow on this, Sally. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Good conversation. Hopefully we whetted your appetite to to get this book and, and read through it. And maybe as a faculty, I think that would be a good thing to do. We've got some resources that uh, um, we've already put together. Rachel's put together that might be helpful there too. Um, good conversations to have at that, at that level and, you know, take it seriously. Uh, it's not going away. In fact, you hear more about more and more about it every single day and every tool you use you thought you used and thought you knew even like things like microsoft word you know there's there's your little co-pilot right right beside it wanting to uh wanting to help you so mm-hmm. 
Very good. Uh, again, uh, AI, what's the name of the book? The AI Classroom. Um, and uh, I think it's worth a read. So we'll continue to, to read it together and have great, uh, healthy conversations around it. So good stuff. <laughs> Um, move on. Yeah, th that wasn't verbose, by the way. I looked it up, and that has a negative connotation. Gosh, I was trying to be nice. Y'all are well spoken. Thank you for being well so well spoken. That's better. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's move on to ministry resources. Yes, um, I was reminding people just before we started recording that tomorrow starts December, even though it feels like it's been December for a while. We are full-on uh, Christmas season. And that's what our ministry resources are around today. So first of all, I want to make mention of those amazing Christmas concerts. We know how good they've been in the past, and we expect uh, even better this year. MLC will will celebrate this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, December 2nd at 7.30 p.m. and December 3rd at 4 p.m. So if you're able to join them in the Chapel of the Christ, then you're in for a wonderful treat. And if you can't be there in person, they're streaming it live, both concerts. So we'll have links to that in the show notes. Uh, Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary's concerts are next weekend, December 10th, both on Sunday, uh, December 10th, one at 3 p.m. and one at 7 p.m. And I believe only the 3 p.m. service will be live streamed. And again, we'll have links to that in the show notes. But even more exciting than Christmas concerts are Christmas Advent wreaths, believe it or not. And that's because this year, our friends at Forward in Christ have done something really special um, to help you in your home um, Advent wreath um, devotionals, or maybe their school devotionals, or however you want to use them. Um, there's a page dedicated to it on the Forward in Christ website, forwardinchrist.net slash advent-2023. We'll have that link in the show notes. And there you're going to find an automated um, Advent candle with the four weeks of Advent um, representing hope, love, joy, and peace. And finally, the Christmas candle, the Christ candle, all having these storybooks behind them. So you can go into um, an interactive uh, devotional for each week of Advent. And within it, there are, um, let's see, uh, a devotion, a Bible reading, a prayer, and a hymn. And they actually partnered with Martin Luther College, and the hymn on the back is embedded as a video with one of the MLC choirs singing it. And if you don't want to read all this happiness and watch the video, um, there's a place at the top of the devotion, which I'm struggling to scroll up, but I can do it. I know I can, where you can listen to the whole thing, where it's all been recorded for you, and you can listen right there. So wonderful tool to um, facilitate our family devotions. And if my walkthrough for you wasn't the greatest, uh, you can watch this week's uh, Together um, Forward in Christ magazine focus on the Advent devotions and see a really great explanation and walkthrough of all the fun that you can enjoy there and all the great content they prepared for you. So hats off to our communication services area and especially to our dear uh, Wells webmaster, Julie Duran, who put a lot of work into this. So cool. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. All right. That's our ministry resource segment. On now on to picks of the week. Rachel, did you bring something to the table today? I did. It's almost time for one of my uh, honestly favorite events of the year, which is the Digital Summit from Ditch That Textbook, which is the Ditch Summit. Um, <clears throat> it is 
free and really, really well done. So Ditch That Textbook started um, as a blog and it's a textbook and it's Matt Miller. Um, and honestly, he's one of my, my favorite um, blogs that I read. <coughs> Excuse me. And every uh, December for the past couple of years, they have put together a free, uh, kind of like a teacher's conference, but uh, from your couch. And there are a ton of different uh, presentations, all on a wide variety of education topics, most of them tech focused. I would imagine this year there's going to be a lot of different AI ones. Mm -hmm. um, and just there's lots of really, really cool people who are sharing their information. And you can see um, sessions from the previous summit. So all you have to do is enter your email address on the website, and which is ditchsummit.com, and you'll get uh, updates of when different videos are going live. And you can um, even get free certificates for professional development, which can be helpful for those who are looking for those kind of uh, PD hours. And really, it's... Um, it, I just find them a great way to kind of learn a couple of new things, get some new perspectives without having to go anywhere. Yeah. looks like PDUs are available too, if you request mm -hmm. them. Um, Even for graduate credit. Yeah. So James Clear is one of the speakers we've talked about. We reviewed one of his books, I think, Sally. Um, Atomic Habits. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Rachel. You're Jason. What do you got today? Well, my uh, my my thunder was stolen just a little bit. Uh, I won't mention any names or anything like that. But <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you get a twofer with this one. Um, so Google uh, Google has their AI tool uh, is Bard, and uh, just recently they released the ability to um, summarize YouTube videos. Now that's something that's been out there for a while. What I like about um, Google's version of it is I can. All I have to do is say that it's a YouTube video, give them, if I know the publisher, I can do that. And then I give them the, um, then I give them the name of it. Uh, and then it'll, it'll do the summary for me. Um, but what you also notice is that it, um, it pulls in multiple copies of that same video. So if I needed to, or if I wanted to review it in different ways, I could do that. Um, or I, you know, I can just read through the text summary and that kind of gives me a, a good idea of what's going on with that as well. Um, and then the other part with, with Bard is that it gives you multiple versions of it. So I can, I usually like, don't just look at the first draft. I look at the second and the third draft and kind of compare those together. Um, and then the last thing that I really like about Bard is what you see on the screen uh, is that ability to share the, um, to share the entire chat um, and the results of that. So you get the prompt and then you also get the results of that. So it makes it really easy to have a conversation around how to use some of these tools and then maybe critique a little bit like, okay, you know, this is what we had and this is how it worked and all that kind of stuff. And then you see the blue button at the bottom to continue this chat. So if I wanted to take it from there, then I could do that. So this is a really great way um, with, with BARD. Um, that's why it's one of my, one of my go-to kinds of resources is that tight integration with a lot of different Google services. Um, but then also that sharing ability is, and multiple 
multiple drafts is really uh, a useful thing for me. So that's my pick this week is uh, using Bard to summarize um, Google uh, to summarize YouTube videos. And I just happened to pick the Changing Education Paradigms by RSA Animate, which is a, a great listen. If you don't have 20 minutes to watch the whole thing, read the summary. It'll take you 45 seconds. <laughs> and you know what, Jason, just full disclosure, I'm a little bit of a, a not great with tech sometimes. And you said what you see on the screen is how it's shared. And I I didn't see that on the screen and I scrolled down and I didn't see a share button. But what I realized is that you shared it with me. I didn't do this chat, but you can see I'm on my account because you gave me a link to the chat you did and I can continue to chat about it and learn more. So being slow as I am, I thought I might explain that to a few others. So good stuff. You're, you're not slow. It's just hidden, Sally. Okay. <laughs> Jason, are there videos that it can't summarize? Do they have to be in a certain format? Do they have to have a transcription? How does that work? What have you found? So I, I haven't run across that. Um, so I, I don't know for sure. Um, there, I suppose I should try to find something that's on there that doesn't have captions. Because um, mm -hmm. I would imagine that it's scraping that content, but I couldn't honestly tell you for sure um, gotcha. if it's if that's where where it's pulling that information from. Okay, cool. Um, just to piggyback on on your pick, this is not my pick. It was actually on my list of picks, but I pulled it off at the last minute here for a replacement. But if you want to do the same thing for podcasts, there is a podcast player called Snipped, S-N-I-P-D, I think is the way you spell it, but it has an AI component that you can point it at any podcast, any podcast. That's why I ask, you know, if this was uh, approachable for, for any kind of YouTube video that will uh, do it an AI based summary. So, which is kind of cool. So uh, just taking that audio, it listens through it. Essentially it's already done that. And then uh, gives you spits out a nice, you know, bulleted summary of, of the key points and who the speaker was even, you know, throughout, mm -hmm. uh, throughout the, the podcast. So I think it gives you two podcast, uh, sessions a week. I want to say I, I, I didn't actually go into to all the details cause I wasn't going to pick it this week, but, uh, maybe I will circle back and pick that at some point in the future, but boy, that's what a time saver, huh? Right. Yeah. Well, and Martin, you can take your snipped and I've been looking at otter.ai. So yeah, I've like, heard of that we can, too. we can, yeah. let's coordinate and have those picks at the same time. And okay. then we can put them in a cage and see which one emerges. Put them in a box. And... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't put them in a box. See which one jumps don't, on the next yeah. one. Yeah. All right, Sally, what's your pick? Sorry. I muted myself. I'm back. Uh, I'm trying to coordinate because I wanted to have a little bit of a video playing in the background. My pick today is from my friend, Michael Vlieger, who's the principal at our school, Risen Savior, here in Mankato. And um, Michael wrote to us to share something called CapCut, which is an AI-enhanced video editor. Um, I'm not sure I have the, the website open right now, but the video that is playing on the screen right now is um, a video that he created with that. And he said it really simplified his workflow. He does, I believe, a quarterly um, video um, 
kind of highlighting things happening at the school. They call it the Risen Savior Connection. And he says, usually I write a script, have students rehearse and film them, select pictures and video clips for the stories, bring it all into a video editor, which he had been using DaVinci Resolve for that. Um, add media, uh, spend a lot of time adjusting pictures and clip links and lower thirds and um, scene slides and on and on and on. And it takes, I think he said toward the end, maybe like a half a day's work at times to put together the Risen Savior connection. He says, this time I used a program called CapCut. Um, it has an AI feature where you can input your script and it will auto-generate a completed video, albeit with sample media. Uh, still haven't figured out how to make it use my media, um, but it has captions, a soundtrack, and voiceover. All he needed to do was drag and drop and replace the clips he wanted to. Um, he actually removed the voiceover and replaced it with the student image and voice as a media combined piece um, and did each of the three scenes individually and brought them together um, with the story title slide for each section. What used to take him a full morning or afternoon um, was cut in half, he said, about half that time that it normally took. So not perfect yet, but lacking some more powerful features. Um, I'm willing to overlook some of the things Resolve can do for me just because of the time saving. So I thought that was a great uh, tie into our AI conversation and also um, just a great video editing tool and just wanted to show a little clip of what he did with it. That's my pick. Great. And thanks, Michael, for for uh, keeping us posted on on your progress with, with AI as well. That, you know, big win, immediate win right out of the box. You know, cut your yeah. time, cut that work time in half. So cool. For sure. My pick of the week. Uh, actually, I had to go back into the Wells Tech archives to see when was the last time I picked this because I knew I had picked it at least once. Uh, and that is Microsoft's free note-taking app called OneNote. Um, <laughs> I, I, I threw you a curve, Sally. I wonder if you this sure didn't did. sink on me. <laughs> that was a previous okay. pick. <laughs> um, Forget what I was knows. sharing on the screen. That this, means nothing. Yeah, that might be a future pick. Um, just go to OneNote.com and you can kind of see it for yourself. But the um, the the I've been doing a lot of work and thinking around personal knowledge management. I was up with the seminary profs a, a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about personal knowledge management and obviously tooling or what you do to capture notes is a big question. And I've always and have continued to recommend OneNote for its simplicity. It is a free tool. Uh, it is a uh, Swiss army knife of different ways to capture all kinds of content. It's what we do for, for our uh, show planning. Uh, it can capture images, videos, you know, your note taking, it can do handwriting. I've got a couple of videos there that will um, kind of talk about OneNote and how it works on the iPad, uh, along with some methodologies for organizing notes called the para method p-a-r-a -A, uh works really well with one note or just in general the way to to uh, organize your digital notes uh, through four categories projects area resources and archives i'm not going to go into that level of detail maybe that'll be a pick down the road but uh it works super well in a tool like OneNote to to organize it uh, OneNote just kind of works thinks the way organizes the way i think you know it's got notebooks it got sections it's got pages and sub pages 
And that's just kind of a helpful way for me to, to, to make sense of things. And then you can obviously put links in and, and organize things with tags and such, but, uh, super, super valuable tool for what we do. Um, spend a lot of time in it. And it's just a, a flexible thing, especially when you add an iPad and being able to do some handwriting on it as well. So I wanted to make that one of my picks in advance of knowing that we're going to have to make our top picks of the year here. So I wanted to slip that one in under the, the finish line. So that could maybe make the list, maybe. So just a little teaser. So that's my pick of the week. <laughs> this was a very big deal, these last picks. This uh, coming down to the wire before our 2023 retro, where we pick our favorites of the year. So yep. understand where you're coming from, Martin. There's, there's method to our madness. <laughs> All right. Um, we're getting up against our, our time limit here. I know Jason's got a bolt here in a minute, but uh, let's get to our community news and feedback. Sure. Just a couple of things to mention here. Believe it or not, a tie-in to our AI conversation. Um, I came across a video recently about using BARD, um, not BARD, sorry, Bing AI, Bing Chat, which has now been rebranded as Copilot, um, especially in an education. And I thought it was a really well done video. So I wanted to make sure and share that with our audience. And in keeping with that, um, also found a Microsoft training free training titled Enhanced Teaching and Learning with Bing Chat. And it says it'll take about an hour to go through this um, particular module of training. So um, check out the show notes and we'll have some links to information about Bing Chat and how um, I really think the video itself is very worth your time. It's only about 15 minutes and he goes into some great examples of how it can be used in education. So check that out. Um, and then also just wanted to point out our Wells Tech Google group had a question come up recently and some digital resources I wasn't familiar with. Someone was looking for the source of some videos about multi-grade classrooms. Um, what is a multi-grade classroom and the benefits of multi-grade classroom? And these are videos they had posted on their website and they weren't quite sure where they had gotten them, what the source was. And we ended up digging it up and someone commented in the Wells Tech Google group that he was the one who had created them. It was actually teacher Timothy Vogel, who was behind that. I believe he's from Trinity and Wacosta. Not sure where that is. Wisconsin, probably. Anyway, um, yeah. So these videos are really well done. I, I'll do it. Just a quick screen share. They're kind of a um, cartoony uh, look at it and uh, with great narration over it, short little videos. So if you're at the point where you want to um, you know, explain multi-grade classrooms, perhaps you're considering them for your school or you have them and want to be able to share the concept with prospective parents or whatever, um, you could make make use of these videos, um, definitely preview them, but it's only a couple minutes, three minutes long and explains it really well. And so definitely check it out and uh, watch for the links in the show notes. We have a lot of videos to share this week. Very good. Google AI tells me Wacousta is an unincorporated community in the town of Osceola in Fond du Lac County, Wisconsin. Just That's right. We're um, it out there. <laughs> where it came from. So there's the answer to that question. Probably run through there on the way to Jason's house. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> it's up there somewhere. It's up north. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you want to contribute to the show, we would love to have you do that. Uh, wellstech at wells.net is our little old email address you could use. 
Uh, you can go to our show notes page, wellstech.wells.net, and uh, join the conversation there by adding a, uh, a comment on any of our shows. And then we're on all the socials, of course. So take advantage of that. Love to, love to hear from you. Tell us what you think of AI or maybe how AI fits into uh, your educational strategy, or maybe you've had a conversation at the faculty level and uh, what uh, were the results of that. So be interested to hear that. Next time, Sally, we're going to be joined by a very special guest uh, for Christmas. We usually try and have one of our newest administrators or CMM co-workers join us. And we're going to have Dan Numminson join us, who is one of the newer members of our congregational services team. Just a blessing to have him on board. Christian Family Solutions uh, had him as uh, one of their key players there. But uh, we stole him away, and uh, he is doing great things in uh, in our little world at the CMM. So be interested to hear what he has to say and what he's doing in congregational services. So tune in next time for, for that Christmas special. Jason and Rachel, thanks so much for uh, joining us once again. You're very appreciate welcome. It. Anytime. Appreciate what Always you do. Always love being a part. And uh, just make that conversation as lively as possible. You did not disappoint. So um, thank you, Sally, for everything that you do. And uh, thanks to our listeners for tuning in and being a part of our conversation. Really love uh, being able to bring this to you and uh, keep listening and uh, invite your friends. Appreciate that. Uh, if we don't speak to you before Christmas, have a blessed Christmas and uh, really uh, hope you enjoy the celebration that is ours uh, because of that Christ child. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.